Lord. Genesis 18, please, in God's Word tonight. Genesis chapter 18. Amen. And we're going to look in Genesis 18. And last week we talked about Abraham's communion. And we're going to talk about that again uh, a little bit tonight. And uh, he, uh, the first part was at the altar, Abraham's communion at the altar. And tonight I want to, uh, I'm preaching a little bit about Abraham's communion uh, and the abomination of sodomy. Yeah. And that's what he's dealing with here, praying about and all these things. So uh, verse number 20, uh, Genesis 18, verse number 20. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. I wonder what he feels like it is now. Right. He said, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence. These are the angels that was talking to Lot, uh, to Abraham. And the Bible says they went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? He's having a conversation with the Lord here. He's praying. This is a prayer. He's talking to the Lord. Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Preadventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Preadventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy it all, all the city for the lack of five? And he said, I, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again and said, Preadventure there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, Oh, let the Lord, uh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Preadventure there shall thirty be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. Yeah. And he said, Behold, now I have taken upon me to speak to the Lord. Preadventure there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet by this once. Preadventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. And Abraham returned unto his place. Thank you and you can be seated. Lord, we love you this evening. Thank you for this wonderful day you've given us. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us and saving us. And I pray now for just a few moments of time that you'll help us as we dive into these scriptures for a moment, Lord. We pray you'd fill us with the Spirit of God and help us, Lord, to feed the flock. I pray, Lord, you'll challenge our hearts tonight. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will just touch me and use me as you see fit and help people as you see fit. Oh, God, you know the needs of our hearts tonight. Lord, I pray your will be done. Have your way this week and all the activities going on. I pray the hand of God will be with us, Lord. In Jesus' name we humbly pray. Amen. 
We talked last week about Abraham's communion and back in chapter number 13 and verse number one uh, about how that Abram went up out of, the, out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south. And uh, we know going to Canaan from Egypt was always up. Uh, geographically, but it's also when you're coming out of Egypt, the type of the world, you're, you're moving toward the things of God, uh, that's always up and for spiritually, amen. So the up here in Abraham's life, uh, we said symbolizes direct, the direction of Abraham's spirituality as a result of coming out of Egypt. Uh, so the more we move toward the things of God, uh, it's always going to be a positive, usually, and an up in our spiritual lives. Uh, Canaan, for Abraham, represented God's place and God's precepts and God's plan for his life. Uh, Egypt represents the world and all of its vices. Uh, moving out of Egypt, there's always an up. You're always going to uh, be bettered by getting away from that as much as you can and being involved in the things of God. We talk about living in Canaan land as Bible believers, and we know that Canaan is not, of course, a type of heaven, but it's a place of consistent spiritual victory, walking with God. And very few people have that these days, amen. God help us, amen. It's available if we're willing to pay the price. Uh, we see in our text that Abraham was going up spiritually instead of down as he did in Egypt because when he got back to Canaan, well, the Bible says he got back to the altar and he began to commune with with the Lord. So we see Abraham's communion was at the altar. Uh, in our portion of scripture this evening, we have Abraham's communion and the abomination of sodomy. Yeah. And this has uh, become more and more a real issue in our day. Right. Uh, sexual sins of our day is, is a, a big deal in our day, in our society. Right. Uh, Leviticus 18.22, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is abomination. Uh, Leviticus 18, 27, for all these abominations have the men of the land done which were before you and the land is defiled. I, I would dare say this evening that America is reeking with a smell of abominations in the nostrils of a holy God. Uh, do you say, do you believe that God knows what's going down here on in America? Absolutely. God knows exactly what's going on. He sees it. He hears it. He smells it. He realizes the wickedness and the vileness that is, is going on in our country today. Back in Romans chapter 1, we read these words. For this cause God gave them up yeah. unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Yeah. In other words, the women did not want to have intimacy with a man and they wanted to do it with another woman. Right. And that's wicked, amen. amen. It's against the word of God. It's against nature. Amen. I mean, nature... You can tell, it don't even, it don't even make sense, amen. Right, right. It's demonic. Right. And the Bible says, verse 27, likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman. So what are they doing? They're, they're not having intimacy with a woman, they're doing it with another man. 
And the Bible says, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, well, they can't retain God in their knowledge if they're going to live that way and do those things because that's not how God ordained it, amen. And just let me go ahead and say this and, and we, uh, we know this and I know that you're aware of this but just to remind you that intimacy is something that God created and God gave to a husband and a wife to have and to enjoy. There's nothing dirty about it or vulgar about it. It's holy. That's right. We, we call it holy matrimony, Amen. And so this world has perverted all these things. And this world has made it look sick and wicked and ungodly, which is not. Amen. And so Genesis 19, 24, then the, then the Lord rained, so, rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. The Bible said the Lord yes. rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. The Lord did that. Second right. Peter 2, 6, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. Yes. Condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensampling of those that after should live ungodly. Uh, I would say that every Sodomite uh, in, in this world needs to take heed to God's word. Right. The Bible said it's an abomination. Well, what is an abomination? Abomination uh, simply means it's a disgusting thing. It's abominable. In a ritual sense, it's speaking of unclean food or idols or mixed marriages. It's an abomination in the eyes of God. It's not right. Whether we agree with it or not, whether we say it's okay, God said it ain't. And a lot of people say a lot of things about a lot of things and say they're all right, but God's word said they're not all right. Yes. And so we got to make up our mind whose side we go to the fence we're going to stand on. You're going to stand what the people think about it. You're going to do what God said about it. Amen. Yes, sir. I just want to remind everyone tonight that what we see going on today uh, in America and around the world is an abomination before the eyes of a holy God. Yes. Sodomy transgenders and the rest of of all this sexual immorality is defiling the land. And I promise you our holy God is not looking on these things in agreement. He's not winking his eye. He's not saying that's okay. I understand how you feel about that. No, God does not do that. And I was saying this wicked, blind society who has been fed large doses of lies and deception, we're expecting as God's people to tolerate and even accept their lifestyle. And if we don't, in their eyes, we have no love or compassion and we do not understand their dilemma of their desires. For example... When COVID hit our land three years ago, if anybody refused to wear a mask or take a vaccine, you were guilty of murdering people is what they say. There's a few places I didn't want to wear a mask and I didn't. When I walked in, everybody looked at me like I had the plague. 
There's a lot of my preacher friends got reprimanded by people. I mean, verbally reprimanded and said, you're killing people. You're spreading the virus because you ain't got the mask on. Can I just remind you, sir, that mask did not stop nothing. I don't care what they say. It's not stopping nothing. You're not going to stop a virus with a little mask on your face. It don't work. Matter of fact, they said it didn't work. They confessed it didn't work. It don't work. And so there we are. We're, we're just sort of complying. No doubt it was probably just a test of our government to see how quick and easy they could get people to do something. And brother, that's just a, like a, that's just like the Antichrist. Brother, he comes on the scene. He's going to say we need to do dot, dot, dot. And everybody's just going to flow right in behind him and do whatever he says to do. They're not going to, they're not going to retaliate. They're not going to resist it. They're just going to do what he says to do. Listen, they just something that's old country boy, brother. When I'm told to do something, I don't want to do it. It bothers me. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. So we don't accept the sodomy lifestyle. Well, I'm a mean preacher. I don't love people. I have no compassion. That's what they say. Are you listening? We know that's not the truth. They want us to believe that's the truth, but that's not the truth. We need to be reminded sometimes that there are two spirits on earth, the spirit of God and the spirit of Satan. And these are at eternal enmity. Satan is a flame with desire for unlimited dominion over the human family. And he has most of it. And whenever the evil ambition is challenged by the Spirit of God, he retaliates with savage fury. You remember one of my preacher friends not too long ago, he, he just stood a bold, took a bold stand. This has been, well, actually been years ago now. He took a real bold stand preaching in his pulpit one Sunday and somebody in the congregation was videotaping him on the phone and they put it on Facebook. And brother, you talk about stirring up the devil, brother. That little old video stirred up the devil. They had that crowd at his doorstep at his house and the church wanting to take him out, buddy. They had to have sheriffs and people around the church to protect the people as they went in out. And that crowd's over on the road protesting uh, uh, because he said something pretty straight, pretty strong against sodomy, amen. I'm telling you, brother, it's, it's on the corner. Uh, preachers like myself and others that are standing against this sin, brother, we, we headed for some persecution if God don't help us, amen. amen. That's exactly right. So what we're we going to do, we're going to count down and we're going to take our stand. Amen. Now listen closely. It, it is the Spirit of Christ in us that will draw Satan's fire. Yes, sir. Satan, somebody said, Satan will never cease to make war on the man child. And the soul in which indwells the Spirit of Christ will continue to be the target of his attacks. Amen. If anyone dare resist and refuse to go along with the sin we're seeing today. Yes. They're going to be marked and they're going to be hated. I am not in a very good profession these days for love and compassion coming my way. If you preach the whole counsel of the Bible. Now thank God I get love from the brethren, my sisters, amen. That's right. They love me, amen, for what I am, who I stand for. But the world ain't going to give it to us. Uh, God being our helper, church, we're not going to go alone to get along. Amen. When it comes to what God said was an abomination. 
Can I remind you this evening that there were millions of Baptists murdered, Brother Daniel, over the little thing of infant baptism. They were drowned because they would not baptize their babies into the Catholic church. They said, well, you don't want water. We'll give you some water. We'll drown you. And they drowned millions of our forefathers, drowned them, murdered them over infant baptism. They refused to bring Vander up here and let the preacher baptize him. Put some water over his head and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff, amen. Yep, yep. And because they just wouldn't do that little act, I mean, what's the harm? What would be the harm in doing that? Well, them old timers believed it. It's not what God taught. What were they doing? They were standing with God's word. They were standing against false doctrine. Amen. I wonder how many true believers went ahead and done it just to avoid the persecution. Oh yeah, tell it. Probably many, but they were means that didn't. Right. We're not baptizing our babies and saying they're okay and going to heaven. Amen. We're not doing it. That's right. You get saved first, then you get baptized. Yes, amen. That's right. You got you to have it in order, amen. You get saved and then you get baptized. Amen. Salvation comes first, baptism follows, amen. amen. Right. John Bunyan spent 13 years in jail because he just simply refused to be licensed to preach. Right. What's the big deal, Brother Daniel? I mean, just, just go ahead and sign the paper. Yeah. John Bunyan wasn't. Amen. He wouldn't sign the paper. You know what? God rewarded him for that. 13 years in prison. God gave him one of the greatest Christian classes you could ever read. Pilgrim's Progress. I'm going to go back. I ain't never read it entirely, but I'm going to go back and read it again. Man, I've got got curious about that. I want to read more of that. I need to read that. Amen. Why why, why not just go ahead and just, just let them license you, John? No, I'm not doing it because it ain't right. Right. I'm not going that way. Spent 13 years in jail just because he wouldn't be licensed. Yes, sir. Brother, I'm telling you, we got, there's a lot more things that we're going to need to stand for that's a lot, uh, just as important as those things. Amen. Amen. These sins we're dealing with today cannot be compromised with. Amen. And there's churches doing it. Oh, yes. Our, Our government's doing it. I mean, you, uh, you, you've seen some of all that, all that mess went on at the White House over the summer. Mm-hmm. Seen all that? Seen some of that? I mean, they're just pulling their clothes off right there in the White House lawn. Right. Running around naked. Sure. Flying, the, flying the rainbow flag. And the president says it's everything's good and okay. Well, it's not Amen. okay. Right. What I'm saying is this defiles the land. Uh, with the local church cannot, I repeat, cannot put our approval on them for the sake of being accepted nor for the fear of being persecuted. Amen. We cannot put our approval on that church one of these days. It may be around the corner. I don't know. But you're going to need to back up your preacher when I take the stand. And if I get thrown in jail, praise God, I'm, I'm expecting somebody to come get me out. Quick. Sure. Yes. 
We need to pray God to give us a, a, a backbone made like a saw log, amen. That's right. Hey, we need some guts. We need some courage in this hour. If we're going to stand for what's right. Yes, sir. Right. I tell you, that's exactly right. There's a lot of preachers, pastors, churches bowing down, counting down this crowd. Listen, friend, uh, many Baptist churches, uh, let alone all the other so-called churches, are welcoming sodomites and transgender with open arms, accepting their lifestyle. That's where I have the problem with. That's where we got the problem. I don't have a problem. I, I, listen, I don't have a problem with sympathy, but I ain't giving sympathy towards sin. Right. Amen. Sinners are welcome at church. Yes, amen. The sodomite is welcome to come to temple. Right. Yes. The lesbian, you're welcome to come to temple. Right. But we're not accepting your lifestyle. Right. We preach against that lifestyle. Right. We can't accept it. We're not going along with it by the grace of God. Amen. We're not putting our approval on it. It's wrong. You say, why? Because God's word says it's wrong. It's an abomination. Amen. That's right. I simply, uh, it's just simply, it's just simply rebellion against the laws of God. And one day millions will stand and give an account whether they want to or not. No, you don't have to agree with God's word, but you're going to be judged by it. A lot of people say, I don't care what God says. I've heard them say that, Brother Chris. I don't care what the Bible says. You better care what the Bible says because you're going to be judged by the Bible. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's right. We was on visitation right over here, just a block or two away from the church, coming around that one curb back that way. If I'm pointing in that, that direction right over there, and we, I wrote it, we knocked on the door. And we, we, uh, this man come to the door one day, and he come to the door, and he, and we got to talking to him, and he said he even let us in. We sat down on his couch for a few minutes. His wife wasn't there, and we got to talking about him, and he said, "Well, I, I said, do you go to church anymore?" He said, "Well, he said uh, we were Baptists at one time, but uh, we're Mormons now." I said, well, what prompted that change? He said, my wife. Uh My wife didn't like the fact of serving a God that would send people to hell. And so we changed and we don't serve that God no more that sends people to hell. That's that's almost his exact words. I'm not going to serve a God that sends people to hell. Well, there's, well, there's a few things wrong with that thinking. God actually don't send people to hell. If you reject Jesus Christ and his salvation, you will be sent to hell. You'll be cast in the lake of fire. But God don't do that to you. God gives every sinner opportunities to be saved. I believe that. He'll give you a chance to believe his word. Listen, it matters not if we agree with what the Bible says or not, brother. This is God's word. It ain't changing for me or for you. It don't matter what evolves or comes alive in my family's life. I don't know what will happen in the days ahead. I don't know who will be what. Brother, we're having families in our Baptist churches. Just the other day a preacher's, one of the preacher's children decided they want to go transgender. The boy's transforming from a boy to a girl. Now I'm talking about in a preacher's home. Yep, yep. I'm sorry, Caleb. I'm sorry, Caitlin. I'm sorry, Jeremiah. If you don't say what you are and you get this wild hair in your head and you think you want to be a girl, you want to be a girl one day, you want to be a boy, the preacher ain't standing with you. Amen, preacher. Right. Amen. I want to love you and I'm going to pray for you, but I ain't moving. Right. No. Amen. Yes, sir. 
By the grace of God, I'm not moving, amen. I'm not agreeing with it, I don't care. And it's gonna be real hard for me to fellowship with you. No, you're not bringing your buddy to my house. It just ain't gonna happen. I know I'm talking big right now, but I pray God give me the courage to do it if it ever happens. We don't know what's gonna happen in this world. We don't know what people are going to do. This crazy world we're living in now. Amen. That's right. right. I got to stand with God. Right. I've tried to do it in my whole ministry. I've tried to stand with God. Yes, sir. That's right. There's not one verse of scripture gives any positive mention concerning sodomy and the sins of our society. Verse 20 says, the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. Verse 22, and the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. We notice the Bible says here in verse 23, I'm trying to get my message, and Abraham drew near. He drew near to the Lord. He got real close to him. I'm not so sure that the Lord was in a bodily form of an angel. Amen. A theophany. He yes. said, wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? I'm trying to preach on Abraham's communion here. Oh, yeah. We notice the closeness of his meditation. The Bible said that he drew near. That's right. Can I say that drawing near to God will usually always activate your prayer life? Amen. James 4, 8, I pray it all the time. Draw near to God and he will draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Yes, sir. I say, Lord, I'm coming with the promise that if I draw nigh to you, you'll draw nigh to me, amen, and he will. Yes, sir. We got to be close to God. I want to say, first of all, that Abraham prayed intelligently. Verse 24, pray adventure there be 50 righteous within the city. Will that also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? He said, let me far from thee to do after this manner. He said, God, you can't, Lord, you can't do that. To slay the righteous with the wicked and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of, judge of all the earth do right? He prayed intelligently. Right. Although he, he does not have to remind God, he's pressing the facts with God that God himself has made a distinction between the righteous and the wicked, Amen. amen. We can go back for illustrations all through Genesis and Exodus how that God uh, drew a, a distinction. There was a difference put between Egypt and God's people, uh, Pharaoh's people and Egypt's people. Amen. Just look at all those, all those plagues that God sent on Egypt and how he kept God's people safe from those uh, plagues. Amen. When God was dealing with Egypt and Pharaoh, God always put a difference between Egypt and Israel. God protected his people during the judgments on Egypt. Amen. Amen. Well, verse 26, God agreed to do the same here. He said, um, he said, if I find, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, yeah. then I'll spare all the place for their sakes. I don't say if we look in verse 25 again that he prayed compassionately for the righteous. Oh, yeah. Are you going to slay the righteous with the wicked? And that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Yeah. Should not the judge of all the earth do right? Uh, I want to say that uh, thank God he will do right. Amen. God cannot do nothing but right. Amen. 
Because he is right. Amen. Amen. I want to say that he prayed respectfully. Verse 25, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? He did not refer to God as a man upstairs. Amen. Or Big Daddy. Right. Or JC. Right. Uh, we shouldn't refer to God like that. Yes, He's holy God. He's the judge of all the earth. Oh, yes, he prayed respectfully, amen. Oh, we need to get back to having respect for God, for his name. Uh, I want to say, number four, he prayed humbly. And Abraham answered, verse 27, and said, Behold, now I've taken upon me to speak to the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. I'm but dust and ashes, he says. He takes his place as dust and ashes in front of God's holiness and righteousness. The psalmist David did the same thing in Psalm 8, 4. What is man? What is man that thou art mindful of him? Oh, I've said it so many times. Oh, Psalms 8's a great chapter. He got out there that night and let's start out looking at the sky, looking up at all them stars. And he began to look at all the galaxies and all the things that he could see. And it just hit him. What, what is man that thou art mindful of him? He's looking at how big everything was and, and how small he was and how insignificant he was and, and, the, and the thing that God was mindful of him. Oh, we ought to praise God and his great uh, creation. That little old insignificant me. Uh, praise God. God's mindful of us. Amen. Amen. Isaiah had the same feeling. Isaiah 6, 5, then said I, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Job had that same feeling. Job 42, 6, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. He prayed humbly before the Lord. I'll say that Abraham prayed resolutely. Verse 28 through 32, he keeps going back to the Lord. He keeps bringing the number down all through these verses. Uh, Can I say here that uh, uh, most people are not resolute in their spiritual goals? New Year's resolutions, January 1, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this. And it lasts about 30 days. By the time February comes, we... We don't even think about it. Amen. I hope everybody feels my pain. I hope I'm not alone. Amen. I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's hard to be resolute in your spiritual goals sometimes. But I dare say that many do, do not even set any kind of spiritual goals. For the fact they've done it so much that they give up and just quit altogether. Don't quit. Amen. You say, I'm nothing but a failure. Well, join the crowd. We're all a bunch of failures. And God keeps having mercy on us and keeps helping us. Amen. You got any spiritual goals? Now, we make goals for our job, make goals for this, for our families, make goals in our finances, make goals physically. But do we make any spiritual goals? 
Oh, may God help us to make some. There's nothing wrong. Don't be afraid to make none. And say, well, if I don't do it, well, God will help you. I'm saying last of all, number six, that he prayed successfully. His prayer did rescue Lot. Uh, he wasn't praying for all them cities necessarily. Right. He wasn't praying for the Sodomites. He's praying for Lot. Right. I believe that's right. Amen. If you go back to if you go over to Genesis 19, probably one of the saddest chapters in the Bible. Oh yeah. Genesis chapter 19, I think, is one of the saddest chapters in the Bible. There's so much goes on in these verses yes, within Lot's life. Amen. He commits incest. His daughters, his two daughters. Well, he offers his two daughters to the Sodomites. Can you believe that? Right. He said they've never known a man. They were virgins. He said, you can have my daughters. Yep. That's pretty low. Man, do that. Yes. Well, the angel had to get them back in. Those, those Sodomites were trying to beat the door down. That's what they're doing here in America. They're beating the door down. Oh yeah. And so they had to, the angels had to bring them back in and shut the door. And the Bible said that they, they uh, that the angels uh, smit them with blindness, smote them with blindness. Yes, sir. And they couldn't see where they were going. Right. <clears throat> Verse fifteen says in chapter nineteen, when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot. Uh-huh. They said, "You need to get with it, boy. You need to get in a hurry here." Saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. Amen. And while he lingered, oh, I would say to anybody in this building that's not saved, you better hurry up and get saved. You ain't got time to linger around. If you're not right with God as a Christian, you better be getting things right. Oh, we're getting ready to meet God at the judgment seat. The sinner's getting to meet God at the great white throne. It's about to happen. Amen. He said in verse 16, and he lingered, the men laid upon his uh, the men laid hold of, upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters. Right. And the Lord being merciful to them, they brought him forth and set him without the city. Well, he said, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. And we know that he lost his wife because his wife looked back. Yes. The Bible said she turned into a pillar of salt. You're going down through here, and he, uh, can you believe that Lot is arguing with them, worried, wants to send them, and all this stuff? And so uh, he finally made it to a place called Zor. And the Bible said in verse 23 the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zor. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. Yes. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she came a pillar of salt. Yes. Where Abraham, he's getting up early, the Bible says, verse 27, in the morning, to the place where he stood before the Lord. And the Bible says he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and beheld and lo, the smoke of the country went up as a smoke of a furnace. God burned them up. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham. God answered his communion. And he sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities 
in the, in the which Lot dwelt. And Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zor and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. And the rest is history. How those two conceptions, we got Moab and, and, and Ammon, yep. uh, the Ammonites, yep. the two fiercest enemies of Israel all through their lives. Oh, that reminds you that Lot was a burden and a problem for Abraham. Amen. If you to go back to chapter number 14, we can go back to chapter number 14. Lot, I mean, Abraham delivered Lot there in chapter 18 by supplication. If you go back to chapter number 14, read those verses. We know that Abraham got Lot back through a sword, through fighting. That's right. And the Bible says in, in, Gen, in Genesis 14, verse number 16, well, verse number 12, and they took Lot, Abram's, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. There's a, there's a crowd coming in there and took, stole them and took them. Verse 16, and, he, and, and Abraham, the Bible says, and he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother, Lot, his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. And so we see Abraham, Abram and Abraham continuously having to save Lot's hide, having to look after Lot. Lot wasn't nothing but a burden. He wasn't a blessing. He's a burden right, to Abraham. But you think about how courteous Abraham was. I could have preached a message on Abraham's courteousness. Amen. You know, they was the herdmen and all that got to fighting there in chapter 12 or 13. And they couldn't get along together. And Abraham said, well, if you'll take this way, I'll go that way. If you'll go that way, I'll go that way. Really, Lot should have let Abraham do what he wanted to do. Right. But Abraham, being the spiritual one, said, you can go whether which direction you want. And, and the Bible said he looked out there towards Sodom and all that land was a well-watered plain. That selfishness, that greed, seen all that. The Bible said he went and took his tent and he pitched it towards Sodom. Yes. And Abraham went the other way. And as soon as days departed, the Lord talked to Abraham again in that section and said, you see all this? It's all yours. I'm giving it all to you. Amen. Oh, my friend, Abraham, what a mighty, what a mighty uh, patriarch he is. Amen. Yes, sir. He prayed successfully. He delivered a lot the first time with the sword, the second time with supplication. And now some people say this, Abraham should, be, Abraham should be criticized because he quit praying. Well, let me say this. <clears throat> if you go back and study all the, all the relatives of Lot, the daughters, the, the sons-in-laws and all that, yeah. they were at least 10 that should have been present with Lot, that should have been righteous. Yes, sir. And I personally believe, and other scholars believe, I'm not no scholar, but other men believe yeah. <laughs> that... Uh, that Abraham just assumed since Lot was righteous or said he was righteous that the rest of his family would be righteous. And so he went down to 10 and said, well, surely there's 10. Surely to goodness they've got 10 that's righteous. Amen, that's right. They couldn't even find 10 righteous. I'm talking about all the people, all the cities. Yes, sir. So that place was totally corrupt. Brother, I'm going to tell you one thing. I know America don't understand because America is blind, but America one day ought to thank God for God's people, the salt that's still on the earth. Because, brother, when we're pulled out of here, you talk about all chaos hitting the land. It's going to be bad. The tribulation's coming in. And this world thinks they've seen some bad things. They ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. The only thing that's keeping that off of America tonight is the church. 
I believe that with all my heart. Amen. Only thing that's keeping the judgment of God from destroying this nation is the people of God, the church, the salt, the righteousness on the earth. God sees us, amen. And thank God he's not going to judge us with the wicked, amen. Thank God he's going to pull us out of here. Hallelujah. We're not saved. We're saved from wrath. We're not saved to wrath. No, we're not going through the we're not going through the tribulation. You can believe that junk if you want to. Praise God, I'm a pre-trib. I believe we're going out when Jesus comes. Before the tribulation gets going. Amen. Yes, sir. Thank God He saved me from the wrath of God. Amen. Amen. Abraham shouldn't be criticized, but I believe Lot should be. Sure. Yes. Lot should have had a minimum of ten in his family. It's horrifying. But most of Lot's family was not in the fold. Matter of fact, I don't know if any of them were really. Amen. We know the book of Peter tells us, I believe it's the book of Peter, pretty sure it's the book yes. of Peter tells us that, that Lot was a righteous man. Yep. Well, he wasn't righteous in his living, but he'd been declared righteous just like Abraham was declared righteous Absolutely. in the sight of God. But he wasn't living righteous. Amen. He's rubbing shoulders with sodomites. Yep. He won't rub soldiers with, shoulders with sodomites. I'm just going to be honest with you, friend. I'm not no better than anybody else. I'm just an old sinner, but I ain't fellowshipping with a bunch of sodomites. Right. Amen. I'm not rubbing shoulders with that crowd. No. I'm not doing it. It's not that I don't like them. I pray for them. If, if I know people that's like that, I try to pray for them. And, I, and I'm not going to treat them mean when I meet them, no, but I ain't going to fellowship with them. That's right. That's an abomination what they're doing. Amen. God's not happy with it. Right, brother. So, Abraham's communion, it might not look successful to many people, but it was successful because the angels, praise God, got Lot out of there. Amen. Inspired his life. Yes, sir. Sad part about Lot is, I think Genesis 19, I could be wrong, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure if my mind serves me correctly, I think that's probably the last time you hear about Lot except for in the book of Peter. Amen. But after Genesis 19, you don't really hear nothing about Lot that's recorded in their Bibles. Lot one day, in spite of all that, will one day be in heaven with us. Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think his children's going to be there. His wife won't be there. His sons-in-laws, they're not going to be there because they mocked him. When he tried to really go get serious with them, he said, listen, judgment's about to fall. They thought he was a mocking them, making fun of it. They didn't believe a word that he said. <laughs> no. I've preached on that many, many times over the years. Lot, Lot's testimony. It wasn't believable. They had no confidence in him whatsoever. So what, what, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying we, we, we need to live right and do right the best we can. Amen. Uh, we, we, our, our lives need to be above reproach if at all possible. Yeah. That's right. You say, why? well, we, we may not like it, but people look at us and they watch us. Amen. And you know what? I believe the world, I believe the world expects us to be different. Right. Oh, yeah. And act different, look different, talk different, and all that. Right. I believe, the, I believe the world expects us to be that way. If we're going to say we're a Christian. Yes, sir. I've heard people say this. Well, if that's a Christian, the woods are full of them. You know why they say that? Because they don't have no confidence in that person. Oh, and they right. may be saved. Sure. But they're not living right. It pays to live right. Do Amen. right. Amen.